Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. I'm joined by Bill Flowers, and I am Stephen Willis, and this is an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And we're talking about, honestly, Bill, I, I think I have figured out this Ole Miss offense finally. We've been talking about it for about a year. I think I have a handle on what is going on. I ha- think I have a handle on what defenses are doing. And honestly, that's more than I could say two weeks ago. Well, I think you, you you're finally uh, agreeing, agreeing with me. You're, yeah. you're, 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 well, what teams have done, and it started with honestly Vanderbilt, all props go to Clark Lee Vanderbilt. They've had good coaches over the year and talent kind of gets them. But they decided that they were going to force RPO reads in the run game and basically do a Madden equivalent of engage eight of sending everybody to the line of scrimmage to stunt the Ole Miss rushing game. That was the game, if you remember correctly, um, Jackson Dart threw for like 450 yards and Jonathan Mingo broke the school record. But teams have saw that and they figured, hey, if we can look at this Ole Miss offense and kind of do the 1980s equivalent of keep forcing the quarterback to keep the ball on the option, um, you could have a little bit of success because whenever Ole Miss has the best running back in the country, and they do have the best running back in the country, you still would prefer that happen with your guys as opposed to the athletes on the outside. And what has happened is Ole Miss is going to need to I guess throw the ball. They're going to have to throw defenses out of this system and not even just throw throw them out of this system. They're going to have to do certain things to throw them out of this system um, so that Quinshawn can get going because when all of this happens, I think it'll be a very effective offense. Yeah, well, th- that's what we've been saying is get mm-hmm. the ball out of your hand quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's been my whole gripe. If you've got a tight end or a slot receiver, hit them quick. That's it. If you got a third, if you got a third and seven, and you've got a a, a a a a corner that's eight yards back, hit the hitch route. Uh, that's you know that's what you do. You hit quick things. Use your tight ends. Hit middle of the field quick. Um, that that's that's how you you get them out. And they just haven't been doing that. So getting the ball out quick. I mean, listen. I, I think Dart. I was absolutely. Uh, amazed. I, I've always said Dart's got all the tools to be the best quarterback in college football. He does. He has those. He has those talents. He has everything you could want. Um, the question is: Is does he have the ability to celebrally look at the defense, understand pre-snap where the ball is going to need to go, look off a defender, and then hit that? Then hit that position. That's all that it is. People that just think that I don't like Dart, that's not the true. That's not the case. I love Dart. I think he has all the athleticism, all the tools to be the best quarterback, but not every quarterback has it celebrally to be able to understand pre-snap read where the ball needs to go. And so the, the next question is, is do we have an offensive coordinator that is going to make quick, you know, play call reads for him? As I mentioned before, I was watching the Mercer game. And I had actually, I had seen the play that Trey Harris scored a touchdown on. Um, I think Trey was probably the second read. The first read was either Watkins or Wade was a crossing route. They had a Mike, uh, had a Mike backer 
Wade crosses the, the, the mic, never even looks in the hole, never looks. He's just continuing to run across in, you know, toward the sideline as he's, as he's gaining depth. And it wasn't until about 10 yards, he kind of looks in a hole. What that, what you do is, is once you pass that, that Mike linebacker, you're looking, your head looks exact, looks straight to the quarterback, looking for the hole. You understand if it's man, you understand if it's, if, if it's zone, it's zone. So you're slowing down and kind of looking for that, for that hole shot. Well, Dart never looked at Wade. Uh, he ended up just kind of, you know, he had the time. He's playing Mercer. He doesn't have to get rushed. He can, he can do that. He can, he can wait for his second read. That is a post, uh, you know, comeback. Um, and that's what he did. The, the question is, is are we, are we, are we having those calls to where we're hitting it quick? And as our quarterback, not doing it is our receivers not not looking like our and, and as I watched the Tulane game I didn't see much play calls for the middle of the field so um if Dart can can utilize the middle of the field that will make everything so much so much easier it will it will alleviate all the things that we're that, that we're seeing uh but I think that's that's the the whole the whole my whole issue with his offense you know um and this is going to sound pollyanna and this is kool-aid and everybody is gonna talk about me saying this point but is it possible that charlie weiss is doing the equivalent of playing a video game calling four fur verts against the seventh grader that is engaging eight because they don't want to put it on the field for a film for alabama no because i i think that you know what you have. I mean, do you, Nick Saban is gonna is knows what they've got. If it, you know, you've got some good tight ends. I mean, we we have we have never we've never utilized the middle of the field. So if if you're playing Mercer and you're playing Tulane, do I think do I do I think that if you were to actually use the 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 tight end and slots across the middle of the field do i think that that would be uh not advantageous uh that would be a bad thing because you're going to put that on on film no um uh i i, I you're, you're playing against the, the some of the best teams in the country you're not gonna just use your tight end and your slot receivers uh and surprise them i mean you're gonna take what the defense gives you and they haven't done that so to think that you're outsmarting uh, an SEC caliber, you know, one of the, you know, Alabama, LSU by by not using your tight end or your slot receivers quick and over the middle, I, I no, I, I I don't think that's that's not in my in, with me thinking you're not hiding anything special. Um, you're hiding. You're just that's just not what you do. You know. You know, I, the the next game that I coach will be my first. Okay, so I guess take that with what's going on. But with the way the defenses are playing Ole Miss and fast flowing downhill, because Quinshawn Judkins is always going to be a threat. Instead of calling third level RPOs where you're doing something off the strong safety, 
why not figure out something where you put the tight end on the wheel and you make that read off of the wheel linebacker that is really quick, almost a pop pass like Matt Corral used to use Kenny Yaboa. So uh, one of the one of my favorite plays that we had was uh, um, it was called bench route where you use a slot receiver, uh, and that was me. I would take we would always have we, we could be interchangeable, and I would be lined up on either a wheel linebacker or a strong safety, and it, you choose either go over the linebacker or inside the linebacker or, or over the safety or inside the safety. And it is a two-step, you know, quick, you know, you win, you win route. And once you get that, like I've scored on that multiple times, it was a great route. Then what you do is you're able to use that same stem, that same, that same philosophy. And then, and then you're able to, you know, get up on top of that wheel linebacker or on that safety. And then you do a bit, then you do an out route and you're utilizing quick. It's a two-step, three-step, just quick reads you're utilizing you're you're taking a receiver versus a, a, a strong safety or or a receiver versus a uh a will linebacker you're gonna win that you're, you're gonna win those and that's exactly what you're saying yes utilize it quick stuff utilize your slot receiver uh we don't do that like we have great quick athletic fast receivers that could have huge mismatches and we just don't do it it, it, it it's it's pretty interesting to think about because I think about what this offense can be because this is the same offense that Jeff Levy ran before Charlie Weiss. This is Lane Kiffin's thing. Nothing's really changed. I do think they have a tendency to get a little bit cute, and that yeah. causes the production to break down a little bit. Whenever you're waiting for a read to happen two seconds after the snap, a, a lineman that is run blocking, that is going to cause some protection issues. The reason why Tua – was so good at Alabama was not only because of his accuracy. I mean, that's his accuracy is absolutely just probably one of the best of all time, but his ability to get the ball out of his hand quickly is what made him great. And that's, what's making him great with, with, uh, with the dolphins. And they've got a lot of, you know, that offense, they've got a lot of the same like Wilkins and, and, and uh, Wade, uh, you know, two really fast guys that they can utilize from the slot receivers and, and, and utilize them. They do that. We don't, we're not doing that. Our, our offense looks too much like a, uh, old air raid, Kentucky, um, uh, a, a leech offense where you will win games that you're supposed to win. You will not win games that you're not supposed to win. Uh, because you're just not utilizing uh, your, you know, all the assets that you have. And right now against Alabama, you know, if I, if, if, if I had the opportunity to, to call plays against Georgia tech, I would make sure that I'm establishing the run. I am going to say, you know what, you know, we, you know, we can, we can throw the ball. I am going to make sure that, that Quinchon Junkins is going to have at least 150 yards that I'm going to put the ball in his hand and force the defense to say, okay, we can't stop him. I'm, I'm not going to spread our, our offense out. I'm going to go two tight ends. I'm going to go one run back or I'm going to go two running backs. Uh, and I'm going to utilize uh, Q and I am going to utilize Jackson Dart. I'm not going to try to protect Jackson Dart anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to use him in, in the pistol, in the pistol formation and I'm going to say, 
by God, we are a run team first. That's what we do. That's that's who our that's who our identity is. We are a running team that can also pass. And if you try to get cute and spread everybody wide and not be physical and control the line of scrimmage, you're not gonna you're not gonna win SEC uh, football games, period. So I think that's what's gonna happen in the SEC play is that we're gonna get we're just gonna it, it, it's not gonna work if if it doesn't become more of a run game uh, philosophy with, you know, establishing uh, the run will open up the pass. This passing game, you know, just, just you know, doing that, uh, not utilizing it quickly, but just trying to utilize the second and third third uh, um, reads, it, it's most, I mean, the second and third levels, it, it's not going to work. Yeah, it, it's difficult. And once, once Alabama is on the schedule and once LSU is on the schedule – all of a sudden, you don't have necessarily the time to make those crazy long reads. It's going to have to no. be, as we've said, quicker. Quinshawn, he's going to get his. I understand they're going to figure out what's happening. I always talk about this offense is at its best when it's torturing linebackers, when you don't know if there's going to be a receiver behind you, if there's going to be a receiver in front of you, if it's a yes. run play, the jet sweep. They've gotten away from that. The jet sweep is coming up a little bit, at least our snap problems, it looks like, that we had last year. That looks like that guy did away with because I did see a couple of jets against Tulane. Yeah. Well, you, you got to remember, we were utilizing Jackson Dart as a running back last year a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he he was a great asset to us uh, for the run game, and we have not taken it, uh, not utilizing it. And I think that's I think that's definitely hurting hurting us. Um, and so I think that you know um, come come against Alabama you're going to have to you're going to have to truly get the ball out of your hand quickly you're going to have to make some you know he's going to have to use use his feet and like I I said it last year I said if we don't utilize the middle of the field early in the year and make sure that our players can do what they need to do get dark comfortable hitting the ball over the middle of the field we won't win those games and we, we didn't win we should have lost, almost lost the, the Auburn game we didn't we didn't win a single SEC game that 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 we you know that really you know mattered uh and it's going to happen this year if they don't utilize and control the line of scrimmage and get the ball out quick and I feel like uh um it's going to be interesting to see if Come Alabama, you're down 21 points because you're continuing to do the same thing. If you put in Sanders, who is who comes from the offense that you're exactly saying, that's what he came from at Oklahoma State. Will will things is it is it go, is it going to change? Is it? I, I I don't know, but something's going to have to change. Uh, with being physicality and and you know getting the ball out quick, I, I I every team in the SEC West, the SEC is unbelievably down this year. I mean, this is almost yeah, has as not, good a chance as anybody. They're not down. The worst thing that happened to the SEC for the SEC, not college football, SEC is the transfer portal. Because what's happening is it's taking a great these these SEC teams 
that are just that are stacked, that are just really strong. And they're playing other teams that aren't as stacked. Well, now everybody's starting to get on a level playing field. Look at FSU. Look at Coleman. He comes in and he, he's a game changer. Yeah, that's one player added to FSU's team. So now Alabama goes in and plays Texas. I would, I'd be surprised if some of those players that made some great plays weren't transfers. Um, so I think that the SEC, in my opinion, is going to, uh, it, it's, it's, they're not down. It's just getting, everybody's going to be a little bit more on, on a level playing field. Well, it, it, the, the appearance is they're down because there's only one team in the top 10 at the moment. So, right. Uh, we have that and, and Ole Miss is playing and number at the end 10. Of the year, that will, that, that, that will show to be. Yeah. That, that'll shift down and, and everything, but it, it's kind of interesting. My point is the sec is there for the taking for whoever wants it. LSU does not look particularly yeah. good. Bama does not look particularly good. Texas A&M got absolutely boat raced by Miami. Yeah. And I mean, it's I, interesting. I, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, as we all know, this is a quarterback driven league. It's become the NFL. It's the quarterback-driven league. Alabama, if they would have had the kid at Notre Dame right now who transferred to Notre Dame, they would have won that game. Um, if uh, so, I mean, it's LSU. You know, they. I will admit, they look like they rolled over against FSU. Uh, I was I was absolutely shocked to see that. Um, to see uh, a, a team like that roll over. So you might be, you're probably right there. This might be the SEC is down a little bit, but I'm telling you the transfer portal is going to make it much harder for, for the SEC to be as dominant as it has been in the past. Yeah. You want to, you, whenever I talk about the SEC being down, I'm about to say something to you that you're probably not going to believe and you're going to ponder. And then you're going to tell me I'm, I'm probably at least pretty close to right. But Jackson darts, probably the best quarterback in the SEC. Oh, I listen. I mm. think Jackson Dart can be the best quarterback. The question is: Is his offensive coordinator putting him in a bad position mm. to to be that? So everybody thinks that I'm, I'm I'm down on Dart. I'm not. I'm down on Dart if his if his if his offensive coordinator is not putting him in the position to succeed. And if there's somebody behind him that can be a little bit more adaptive to to the offense. Then that's what you're gonna have. That's what that's what you're gonna have to do. I'm telling you, Dart could be a, the number one pick quarterback if he can understand how to read read the defenses, get the ball out quickly, and if he has an offensive coordinator that can put him in the right right position to win. And co- people don't understand how much coaches have you know are responsible for wins and losses. If you if they're not putting you in the right place and calling the right plays, then that's on them. And I'll, I think last year, lots of it was on our, was, was, was on our offensive coordinators. Um, and, you know, so I, I love dart. Yeah. I just don't know if, if we are going to put him in the right position and we've got some key players that are not, that are not on the field yet. And once they get on the field, uh, it could look totally different. It can, it can look totally different. 
Mm-hmm. And and I'll be the first one. I'll be the first one to jump up and say, "Hallelujah!" That we're <laughs> that we're uh, taking the middle of the field and we're and, and we're getting the ball out quickly. But if we do not, you might not win one, but maybe two SEC football games, and that'd be Auburn or Vanderbilt. If you continue to do like like the offense that that was that was shown against Tulane, plays the SEC and doesn't adapt, you will not. You might not even win a SEC, SEC game. Oh, oh, okay, Bill. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can agree with you there. Um, basically, I think that Tulane team would probably beat eight SEC teams, and Ole Miss you, beat that team by seventeen on the road. So last year, okay. So last year, how many SEC teams did we win? Uh, what's that? Did they win three or four? They won, were they eight and four? So probably four games, four and four. And then we beat Auburn. They beat Auburn, they beat Vanderbilt, they beat Kentucky, and they beat Texas A&M. Okay. So I think this year, if we, I mean, and we had, as of right now, our run game is not existent. So if we can't. If you cannot get, if you cannot establish your run game, it's not it's 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 not going to work. And so they've got the tools. I, I'm not saying they don't. Yeah. I'm saying they've got all the tools. It's just are they going to utilize them correctly? Yeah, and everybody everybody that's freaking out about the run game right now, and I get that they're freaking out about the run game right now, but it's the, it's essentially the same group of people that was third in the country in rushing last year. They're they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure out what other teams are doing to them. They need to get that figured out before Alabama because it gets real in two weeks. But uh, I, I think they're that, genuinely going to figure it out. And, and that's my point to where you asked, are you, is it, is it advantageous to hold your hand hmm. on some of the things you're going to do? No, it's not really because you're not going to, you're not going to trick Alabama. You better, you better get your stuff right and know and understand what you're doing wrong. So they need to figure out what's, what's going on. And so, I mean, I think having, we, we've got some, I mean, Evans last year was a great asset. You had two pounders. And I think that is definitely showing up a little bit. They need that second back. Bentley has not been that back this year. Yeah. And I think they need to have, I would, I would like us to utilize two, Two running backs. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we've got great receivers, fantastic receivers. You've got one of the best quarterbacks in, in college football mm-hmm. uh, with, 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 with his arm talent. And his accuracy has been amazing. That interception that he had against Tulane was not his fault. That nope. was a slip. That was that was a slip. So if you tell me that I could have three great receivers on the field. A tight, two, uh, a great tight end, and two running backs, and say you would have an illegal formation. We are going, sorry, uh, two running. <laughs> sorry, you're right. Uh, yeah, you give me two, two, two receivers, uh, mm. two running backs, and a tight end. Uh, use that, you know, use your tight end as a uh, uh, flare him out. You know, come in, um, but establish the run, or. Or or do the three receivers uh, with a uh, with one running back and with, with your tight end, but utilize 
utilize uh, Dart as that running back. You know, doing doing the the pistol formation and 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 running him. You know, spreading him out, spread yeah. out wide, and then run down the middle. I, I I absolutely agree. the The pistol needs to be um incorporated by this offense this year, and they can do some I formation type stuff. Yeah. Um, with Quinshawn Jenkins, you have a two hundred and twenty five pound running back. Use him, you know, yeah. and, and get him downhill a little bit, and also. Use the quick tight end pop passes off the play actions, quick reads, quick turnarounds, quick hitches. Those they, need to be incorporated back in the offense. If I could have a Christmas Christmas list wish mm. for uh, this, just against Georgia Tech, mm. would be I want to see our tight end line up in the tight end position on the line and have him run seam route 15 times just down the middle of the field and i would love to see either how many first downs or how many touchdowns he gets that's that's all i ask it's just that (laughs) one play that's all i ask if we did that i guarantee you guarantee you you would have probably if you did it 15 times you probably have 12 completions for every one of those for first down and maybe, maybe one touchdown. Uh, because you've 12 got her under 20 in a touchdown. Yeah. Because you've got great speed receivers. Mm-hmm. Those safeties got to, those safeties have to protect them. Your linebackers uh, have to protect against a run against, uh, a running back and a, and a running quarterback. Uh, you've got the tight ends. You know, it's not like they got three linebackers in the middle of the field. They have one, maybe two. They're going to be a whole shot. It's going to be a quick throw, or it's going to have a little bit more length to it, and it will be a twenty yard seam route. Mm-hmm. That's all I. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, and you know what else will happen if you do that? All of a sudden, those linebackers aren't crashing in on the run so hard because they're worried about getting beat over the top of them. Exactly. Now, and there's your that, running game fixed. Is that so? Is that so complex that you don't want to show that against Alabama? Yeah. No. Well, well, last year, this is my point about that is last year against Alabama, Ole Miss essentially did not have a tight end, did not have a slot receiver. Um. So my. The kid from Texas had a big game for at the tight end position against Alabama. I forget his name. He was number, I think, zero. Yeah. He matches up favorably athletically with Michael Trigg. Maybe you're kind of hiding or trying to hide Michael Trigg to where maybe there's not a ton of film out there. I I don't know. I'm grasping at straws. I no, it's 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 the same reason why you're saying you can't yeah. you, you're you're finally admitting that we're just a cute offense. Oh yeah, we're cute offense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, you know what, a junkyard dog going to play in the SEC can't be cute. You better go mm. in there, you better go in there eating nails, mm. and and say all right. Our, if you take away our run game by stacking the box and just pinning your ears back, I'll I will beat you by throwing you quick passes, and and gonna just you know. Cut you, cut you to pieces. Now, if you want to try to stop defending that, then I'll go back to my run game. Yeah. If 
if you can't do that, you're not going to win the SEC. You're just not. You're not. I mean, the only way that you're going to win the SEC being one-dimensional is by being a massive, just power pound and ground you to where you're just, you know, doing that. Uh, and again, how, you're just not going to win big SEC games with just trying to be finesse and cute. You know, one thing that I saw in the press conference yesterday, they asked um, Lane Kiffin if he was concerned about the run offense. And Lane's like, yes, I, I definitely am. But in this situation, the looks that he's getting and everybody overpopulating the box, he even admitted that you have to throw them out of that. But that will mess up the RPOs and effectiveness of it if you do that. So it becomes kind of a square peg into a round hole, just kind of running into the wall a little bit. And it's like, no, you need to control what they're doing defensively instead of them dictating what you are doing. Now, is this true? And if anybody knows this, please let me know. Someone told me that Lane Kiffin calls the first 10 plays. And after the first 10 plays, then he gives it over to the coordinator. If that is, if that is true, if that is true, and you go back and look at our first drives, it makes sense because they are awesome. And they're, they're like, they have some quick throws put into them. They've got some, uh, um, they, they look well-designed and then starts to kind of look. So I don't know if that's true or not, but if it's I, true, I, I, I think, would love, I would love to know. I think whenever they're putting together the script during the week, Lane Kiffin and everybody is very much involved with creating those first 10 plays. But then after that, just the tempo happens and everything and the offensive coordinator's doing it. So that's probably happening. I do not know if Lane Kiffin's actually calling those plays. But Lane Kiffin had input in that script, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, those first 10 plays do look good. I've heard that. Mm. Uh, but I've also heard that, again, like I, like, I, like I mentioned before, he doesn't want to take the job of the office coordinator away. You see lots of office coordinators having to try to make that decision. So this is interesting. So I've heard from a lot of Auburn fans that, Hugh Freeze said, you know, this was the first year that he was not calling plays. And he gave that over to the offensive coordinator. His first year ever doing that, he admitted. And the last drive of the Auburn game, people said back. he took it back. Hmm. Now, let me tell you something. You just got paid $9 million because of what you bring to the table offensively. You, you if, if for some reason they're getting they're getting pounded by Alabama and running the same offense, there's going to be questions. Yeah, there's going to be questions. He, he needs to take over the play calling if that's mm. the case. Mm. You know, when he was at Alabama, he he did not have a he did not have a blank canvas. Mm. He had parameters that he had to stay within. You know, otherwise, Dad was gonna whip him, and mm. and he and he pulled him back into those parameters multiple times, and so, you know, I think Lane Kiffin is is the architect of of what every Alabama fan loves now is getting Nick Saban to kind of get out of the old school mentality into the new school, but 
Saban wouldn't allow him just to throw throw that old school to the to the trash. He's like, no, you're gonna stay. You're gonna you're you're going to conform, you know, new school with old school, and I think that's what that's what made them so so successful. And so the question is 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 does is that what needs to happen? Does is is Kiffin saying I'm just gonna run a cute offense and I don't really care about it, or does he need to take over that that offense and say, listen, this is this is part of it. I'm going to have to rein it in and uh, um, take control. Yeah, it's probably something a little bit more simple than that, but I do think about that. Did Lane Kiffin need Nick Saban to keep him grounded? Without Nick Saban, does he get a little bit too far away from center? I, I, I do not know. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every single day. Thank you very much, Bill Flowers, for joining us. And we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Hi, Toddy. Hotty Toddy.